Hey, before we start the show this week, did you know that in just five minutes, you could potentially make a huge impact on the future of the Bears? All you need to do is sign up to the RFL's Our League platform and select the Bears as one of your teams. It's free to join. It's packed full of rugby league news, competitions, videos, and loads more besides. But our following on that platform might influence future funding decisions. So we need as many fans on there as possible. Even if you put us a second choice, we won't mind. Make a difference in just a few minutes today. Head over to rugby-league.com slash our league to create your account and pick the Bears as one of your teams. Right, on with the show. Welcome to Bear Necessities, your official Coventry Bears podcast that lives at CoventryBears.com. Thanks so much for joining us to reflect on just another normal week and totally normal match from the weekend. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Musson, and joining me as ever is my co-pilot and former Bears fullback, Craig Cathcart. Craig, how are you? Still grinning, Dave. (laughs) Still really, really happy. Um, I I think it's made my entire week... um, the, the result of the weekend, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Yeah, definitely. So um, if you hadn't realised, um, when I recorded that intro, um, my tongue was was firmly in my cheek there. Or if you've been under a rock for these last few days, um, let me tell you what we've got planned this week. So we are going to be reliving Sunday's quite spectacular game against Hunslet, where the Bears fought back from 44-22 down with about 10 minutes to play to secure an incredible 46-44 victory. So Craig and I will try and offer some thoughts on that a bit later on, and we will hear from the Bears coaching team too. And we'll also take a quick look ahead to this weekend's trip to play Workington. But first, don't forget that the Bears' postponed game at home to the Keithley Cougars will now take place at the Butts Park Arena on Friday, 16th of July, with an 8pm kickoff. It's going to be a terrific night, and it is the perfect way to start your Challenge Cup weekends. Tickets are available now from the Bears' website. Go and get them and join us under the Friday night lights. But um, we should probably get on to Sunday then, and <laughs> the story of one of uh, quite quite simply one of the best pieces of sport I have ever witnessed. So the game started really well for the Bears. We scored after three minutes, Elliot Wallace scoring his first try for the club. It was a, it was a nice move, some big yards from Reese Rance in the build-up, good work from Dave Scott as well. And they put it through the hands and got it out to, to Elliot, who touched down in the corner to give us a 4-0 win. But this was kind of the start of the pattern for three quarters of the game in that the Bears would score and then Hunslet scored almost immediately after. So three minutes later, um, Hunslet scored from close out and then they scored again three minutes after that. So they were 12-4 in front after about 10 minutes. Then the Bears hit back again just before before the 20-minute mark. Jack Dawson getting the first of what would be three tries across the afternoon. 
um, all came from a Hunza knock-on. And the Bears, again, just worked through the phases and got it to Jack, who powered over from the left edge. The conversion from that brought it back to 10-12. But then between that point and halftime, Hunslet scored three more tries of their own. Um, so that stretched the lead out to 28-10. So two of those tries were, were converted. One of them was missed. Um, and that was the halftime score. So kind of difficult for the Bears, but not completely out of it. But I think, Craig, both you and I said at halftime, Bears need to score next to stay in this. Um, so obviously, Hunslet scored next right after halftime. Um, Lewis Young, who I'm pretty sure is the same Lewis Young who used to always torment us when he played at Newcastle, um, basically ran the width of the pitch, just throwing dummies the whole time, eventually found a gap and scored. And the conversion of that took the score to 34-10 to Hunslet. So a 24-point cushion with um, just about five minutes of the second half gone. And the mood was was fairly flat around the bus, um, aside from the uh, the Hunslet fans. But credit to the Bears, they, uh, they kept knocking on the door and Liam Wellham scored in the 49th minute, somehow powered over um, from close range um, after a good set of pressure. And the conversion took it to 16.34. So again, not completely out of the question, but still a long way to go. Hunslet hit back immediately after that, continuing that pattern of the game. Another try um, caught the Bears napping on the left edge um, and nipped through and scored. So 38-16, again, a big gap. Then in in what became a bit of a a ding-dong 10 minutes or so, the Bears hit back once more. This time, Chris Cullimore scoring from close range. Really clever offload from Brad um, from Brad Clavering right on the line to set Cullimore in, and he dived down to score. And that conversion made it 22-38. So again, edging closer, but still quite a long way to go. And I think at this point, actually, um, my, my, my dear co-host Craig did lean over to me at this point and went, still 20 minutes left, you're not completely out of it. And I smiled and nodded while inwardly thinking, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> but then, then we started seeing things really happen. So uh, my initial reaction, I thought was proved right when Hunslet went up the other end and scored yet again in the 64th minute, again, catching the Bears cold on the Bears right edge. Um, and the conversion from that took it to 44-22 with about 15 minutes to play. And then it started raining and everything just went completely crazy. So 67 minutes, Jack Dawson gets his second try of the afternoon. He'd come back off the interchange and was playing on the right edge now. Um, Really, really beautiful delayed pass from Dave Scott. Just gave him the time and space to hit the ball at speed, powered through and scored. Conversion for that took it to 28-44. Three minutes later. Dave Scott scored. He broke the line with a really with a really clever sidestep, fed it to Brad Clavering, who powered through and then slipped it back inside to Dave, who ran in under the sticks. Um, and that conversion took it to 34-44. 10 points difference, 10 minutes to play. And the momentum by this point was very much with the Bears. Hunslet just couldn't seem to keep hold of the ball. And there was suddenly a sense in the ground that this was on and the Bears were up for it. The crowd were up for it and the unthinkable happened. Jack Dawson scored again four minutes later to complete his hat trick. Really good tempo 
um, from the Bears, um, all set from a terrific ball steal from Kieran Sherrett on about halfway line, which secured possession back for the Bears. And again, they were able to move through the phases, run through the middle of the pitch, an area that they were dominating by, by this point. Their fitness was really showing. Their use of the interchanges was really showing. Um, and again, they worked it out to Jack on that right edge. He crashed over for his hat trick and the conversion took it to 40-44 with about five minutes to play. Um, and unbelievably, unbelievably, the Bears did it. Um, it was Kieran Sherratt who ultimately scored the uh, the eighth and final try of the Bears' afternoon. Initially, they tried to keep it alive on the last. Um, Ryan Langton sent up a, a, a super high kick that um, ended up back in the hands of the Bears player. Elliot Wallace then ran across the pitch with it. Um, I think he kicked it to Reese Rance, who tried to kick it on. Anyway, Hunslet kicked the ball out. So Bears retained possession. Um, it got to Kieran and he powered over and he had about five people trying to tackle him and all of them failed. And he dived over to score. Dan Coates slotted the conversion, 46-44, Hooter went a couple of minutes later. And um, I still can't believe all of that happened, even though I've written it down. I've seen the highlights. I've read the reports. It definitely did happen, but it still doesn't quite feel real. Um, so Craig and I will try and get our heads around it all in a minute. But, um, but first, let's get some some equally baffled post-match reaction. Um, so we'll hear from player, coach and try scorer Dave Scott in a moment. But first, here's head coach Rich Squires. Uh, Rich, how how on earth do you put that into words? I mean, 22 points down with 15 minutes to go and looking dead and buried really and you won Look, uh, how do you how do you comprehend that uh, I think it's a test of character is that um, we didn't make it easy for ourselves whatsoever um, you know and it was off our kind of basic stuff six agains and cheap penalties and you know but we, we've always said if we can complete and go set for set that at the end of the games we'll, we'll come good um, Hunslet are a big pack so we knew with 15-20 minutes to go we've only one sub left and they're big boys Blowing around the middle if we're there or thereabouts. Preferably not 22 points down, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. And it's, well, that's a, that's a testament to the character of the boys today, I think. And it was noticeable when, uh, when, when you got a try that sort of pulled you back within about three scores, that there was an attitude change there. It wasn't just, it wasn't just being pleased with putting a bit of pride on the score. Everyone was, was urging the players to get back in position and, and, and go again kind of thing. Like, were, were you communicating any of that from the sideline or was that all was that all your on-field leaders who were driving yeah, the, that? to be fair, the leader stood up. You know, I basically said was, you know, I was in discussions, Liam Wellham is the closest one to me. Yeah. You know, he's one of our leads. And I just said to him, look, that's that's been there for 70 minutes. We just haven't, haven't played it. You know, it was basically more five drives and a kick, you know, and our forwards getting us on the front foot and allow, allowing Dave and allowing Dan Coates to play. Um, you know, and that's what we did. But as soon as I get one, momentum's a big thing in rugby. You know, once you once you win it, it's very tough to to win it back. Um, and we're just lucky we had 15 minutes and in tough conditions as well. You know, we had 15 minutes of momentum where we completed 100 percent that last 20 minutes. Um, you know, which is good and that's always a positive. But yeah, the leaders really just stand up. You know, and it's, it's across the board, and it's what we need to keep doing now. And in terms of, I mean, it, it almost feels a bit a bit harsh tr- trying to pick out individual contributions to this one, but. Before those crazy 15 minutes, we were sat in the stands talking about how well Josh Dunn looked like he was playing today. And obviously we can't, we can't ignore Jack Dawson's contribution with three tries from him. Were there anyone in particular you would shout out for, for that performance? I thought Josh Dunn was outstanding today. And that's, you've got to remember, that's his only eighth game of rugby league. We were saying he looked more focused today. Looked like he, 
had you, had you given him a more specific job to do today? Because he looked really on it and really aggressive today. Nah, it's just, it's a strange one with Josh. Josh is coming obviously from playing the professional game over in rugby union, and he's come over with big ambitions for the World Cup squad. Um, I had a conversation with Stu Littler, who was the island coach earlier in the week. Um, you know, it's a shame for Pete as well, but it was just a little quiet word in the Josh's ear of where he needs to be and you know the, the standard he needs to set of where I think he needs to be. And with a with a professional like Josh and a person like Josh, he's, he's taking it all on board today, and that's you know that's big character to himself. Um, I thought Nathan Hill brought a lot of energy. He was dead and buried about 55 minutes into there. Um, you know, but he's full, full of energy. And again, Cullimore is just an 80-minute man where yeah, he, look, he looks like he's out on his feet and he's got nothing left to give. And you, you send a message on to him and he says, I'm fine. Um, again, that's just the momentum we need to kind of go with. But uh, 1-17 to, one to kind of grafted today. But, you know, our middle spot, Brad Claverham was good again. Um, you know, I think the, the boys who normally stand up for us across the board were fairly quiet today. You know, both Wellems, but it's just... You know that they do the things they need to do, and it's their little bit of leadership and their communication on the field that makes it so much easier for everybody else. And what, um, aside from riding that that last fifteen minutes as much as you can in, into next week and beyond, I mean, what what do you take from today? There's obviously some some on the defensive side that you're probably going to want to look at, but but how how do you how do you bring your players down from? from this euphoria without without taking it away from them and sort of I, I guess how do you how do you get them grounded again for next week and actually see what they can take out of this and build on it yeah I think it's I think it starts when we do our video review and when we you know we'll, we'll reflect on the 15 minutes of what we did really well um, and highlight the bits and bobs but like I say it's not really it's not like expansive footy it's really basic rugby league and stuff we, we should be doing or more than capable of doing um, we'll just address the other kind of 60 minutes where I think some of the other middles coming off the bench our energy levels kind of dropped a little bit and we lost the physical battle um, which with these is you know they're a physical side so it's, it's keeping that intensity across the board and you know and kind of getting into our mindset now where we can we can do it you know we've done Rochdale we've done Hunslet now um, you know and keeping that mindset in it but they're, they're really they thrive off kind of positive natures you know and it's a really bunch that's they're really close together, you know. They come from all over, the, all over the country, but they're a really close knit group who get on through the week. And I think it's just highlighting that fact and staying that togetherness and saying, "Look, we've mixed it now. Let's kind of the people who aren't really respecting us, you know, we've we've kind of earned it now. Let's get out of that category and really kick on from it." Yeah. Well, thanks for there, Rich. We're making headlines again. Yeah. Enjoy today and uh, best of luck for next week. Appreciate that, Dave. Thank you. And uh, Dave, I'll start with the same. Um, sort of question I, I started Rich's interview with. How how do you how do you go about articulating what just happened in the last fifteen minutes of that game? I don't know. To be honest with you, Dave, I'm I'm still waiting to wake up. This feels like some sort of dream. Um, to tell you the truth, I thought first half we deserved to be in the game, um, but again we just lacked that little bit of smartness where we gave away uh, a six again penalty, especially in fifth and last, and that that really killed us, put us in in um, bad field position in our own 20 and we had to absorb a lot of pressure um, and you know at some point the floodgates are going to open and, and they did and the scoreline looked quite convincing towards them um, so how we were able to find something from somewhere and that team spirit um, I just I, I don't really have the words to to tell you where it came from or, or what happened it was just uh, it was just incredible to be a part of it, it says a lot for the for the togetherness of this team and and the leaders that you've got on the pitch, you know yourself included, because you know when when you 
when you started getting that roll on with 15 minutes to go, there was no, I was saying this to Rich, there was no, it, it didn't look at all like you were just happy to have sort of put a bit or bit of pride back on the scoreline there was a very there was a noticeable attitude there of everybody getting back in position getting on it again and 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 hitting that ball up again and and I don't know it just it just felt like the leadership group stepped up as soon as you got a sniff and and it really it really paid off I think you've hit the nail on the head there we got a sniff Um, and one of the messages that kept coming on from the sideline was they've only got two interchanges left blow the middles away, they'll use the interchanges and then you'll have joy the last 10-15 minutes of the game and that's exactly what happens so um, from that respect um, Squires this week and most weeks is very good with his interchanges but this week in particular the timing of them were absolutely fantastic and just to reinforce that message to us boys and, and that message then got relayed and reinforced by the leadership group and there was absolutely no panic and there was a great buzz in the field and we just knew that there was something there to get from the game and you know, we found some energy, we found some enthusiasm and we managed to get over the line. And I, again, I just don't know how we managed to do it, but we've been speaking for weeks. Don't play the scoreboards, play the game, play the systems, play the processes. And we've maybe been guilty of coming away from that. But that last half hour of that game, we definitely didn't try and force it. And we definitely stuck to the systems and processes and we got our rewards. Is there any? Again, it feels it feels a bit unfair asking if there's any individual performances that you'd you'd want to um, particularly shout out, given what a team effort it was there. But you know, we're just we're just watching Jack Dawson head back to the to the changing rooms. Three tries from him, massive contribution. Rich and I were talking about the shift Josh Dunn put in. Um, anyone in particular you th- you thought? It's funny you mentioned Jack Dawson because for me, um, that's who I was going to mention. I think um, it, it did a great job and he's had a great season. He's been so consistent. We've asked a lot from him playing different positions and he's turned up for us. And then especially in that second half when he came to my back rower um, and I managed to put him in for those couple of tries. He ran a great line and he thoroughly deserved it. And he had a fantastic game. Um, I think Brad Clavering, again, uh, got us into the game really early. He carries strong. He's aggressive in defence. And he's really dominant around the middle and he gives that talk to try and lead the pack around, which arguably we've been missing at times this season. I think he's done a fantastic job, been a a great addition. Um, And I think as well, when when I managed to put him through and he managed to put me back up in the inside, that to me was a bit of a turning point in the game. And it was like, this is on here. This really is on. Um, So... Off the top of my head, those two, you could, you could pick out Colin Moore again, doing big minutes in the middle, doing 80 minutes at hooker. We're asking a lot of them, but he turns up every week doing a fantastic job. Um, Liam Wellham, Matty Wellham, um, Coatsy, I thought, controlled that second half on his edge very, very well. Um, and the middles, you know, carried strong. Yeah, OK, there's some defensive issues there because we leaked um, 40 points and there's some defensive issues on the edges as well. But the middles did a really tough stint, so well done to them as well. And and what could this do for the next few weeks of the season, like, to, particularly that, that final 15, 10, 15 minutes? Like, in terms of, you know, we saw the, the effect of momentum on the pitch today. If you can ride that ride that momentum into the next few games it could it could really really turn the season around couldn't it I mean I don't think the season needs to be turned around I'm happy with how the season's going I'd, I'd like a few more points I think we've missed some opportunities and I've said to the lads don't don't worry about the league table we're, we're only halfway th- we're not even halfway through the season you know the league table will sort itself out and we're still in touching distance of the playoffs if we just keep doing what we're doing take it game at a time focus on us and focus on the processes of rugby league we'll come away with two points um, and we're learning every week at, about how to get a lead uh, and then how to defend a lead and not having to chase games and win it twice and play into the scoreboard so 
uh, in that respect, I, I don't think we need to talk about a season being turned round because we're very pleased with how we're performing. It's now about turning performances into wins. Um, so that'd be the first thing. But in terms of using this in momentum going forward, yeah, it's massive. Look, we're going to work into next week. Their pitch is very different to our field. This is a 4G field. It's wide, it's long, whereas Workington, it's a very narrow field, very short field. It's a grass field as well. So it completely changes um, the technical and tactical aspect of the game, which means Squires will sit down and work out how we're going to do that this week. But absolutely, we need to ride this wave and we need to try and use this momentum. We've not gone back-to-back wins yet this season and we need to try and find a way to do that if we're going to develop as a team. But the main thing is we're in touch and distance of the playoffs. Great stuff. Well, Dave, thank you as ever. Um, enjoy this one and uh, speak to you soon. Oh, great stuff. Great chatting to you as ever, Dave. Thank you. So thanks as ever to Dave and Rich for joining us. Um, Craig, I mean, we're recording this two days after the event. And as I've already indicated, I'm still struggling to articulate quite what happened in that last 10 minutes or so of that game. Um, so I'm going to throw it over to you first. That that was good on Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very, very good. And it's, it's the loudest I think I've ever heard. Uh, at the Butts Park Arena, um, yeah, it, we were dining out, weren't we? Mm. It, it was, you know, I, I I think there was glimmers that something because we were still scoring tries, even though they were hitting back and scoring, because we seemed to be able to score. Um, we were scoring throughout the game. There was something still there, but yeah, there's no chance with ten minutes to go that well. It was it was like twelve minutes to go, and we got four converted tries. That's just unheard of. It's it's an unbelievable game, a crazy scoreline, um, the best game I've ever seen live, I think, and the greatest comeback I've ever seen live as well. And the spirit shown by the players was just unreal. And you could see at the end when there were celebrations that they had that these guys genuinely want to play for each other. They, they also, it's so clear, um, we might be a small band of supporters, but it's so clear that, um, you know, the players feed off what the fans um, do. The fans really roared them on and you could just tell that it gave the, the players that extra lift and got them going forward. And the yards made in the last 10 minutes, every set, we were making 50, 60 yards. It was just un- unbelievable. And the effort from some players who, you know, some some of them had played nearly the full full 80, still going right to the end, still putting the hits in, still still ready for the ball. It was just an unbelievable performance. Um, you don't often see games like that because attacking wise, we were we were brilliant defensively. Let's let's just <laughs> not, not talk too much about that. But attacking wise, the players were so determined. They just wanted to win and they got it. And they fully deserved it because it's been coming in other games. Um, there's been games this season where we've, uh, you know, we've walked out of the ground thinking we, if things had just clicked at certain points of the game, we might have won that. But this one, we, you know, we fully deserved to come back in and, and win the game. Uh, it was just on rail. Yeah, definitely. And um, we, we will come back to the uh, small band of supporters a little later on. I'm definitely going to put a pin there and come back to that one. But I I initially, I also wanted to throw in not just the team spirit, um, but but the fitness of these guys as well. And actually, um, I think it was covered in in Dave's post-match interview, but the the use of the interchanges by by Rich Squires and his coaching team in that last 10 minutes in particular was, I think, really helped contribute to, you know, 
what I found fascinating in that last 10 minutes, aside from just getting swept up in the hype of, of you know, when, once your team gets on a roll, it's it, it's difficult not to just be in that moment and just and just just enjoy it. But particularly looking back, you look at how the the, the boys were on the pitch, and there, there was always a sense of calm about it, and there was always a sense of of structure, and there seemed to be a plan there. And you know, talking to Dave afterwards, um, I can't remember off the top of my head if he said it in his interview or not, but you know, he was saying that messages were coming onto the field, particularly in those last ten minutes, that. You know, Hunters have only got two interchanges left. So target their middles, tire them out, and then we'll we'll bring on some fresh legs to to really exploit that. And you know, it's that combination of that, not only the momentum of the game shifting, which it ultimately absolutely did in those last 10 minutes, but that togetherness of the squad, that strengthening depth on the bench as well, but also that just that timely use of bringing those people on with a specific role to play for the team. And it just, it just all came together in this, this perfect, wonderful storm. And I, yeah, like you, I can't, still can't quite comprehend how that comeback happened, but it was, it was just absolutely magnificent, wasn't it? And yeah, I mean, you're right. There, there was, there's some individuals there that, that I mean, you and I were, were purring over Josh Dunn all afternoon, even before those, those frantic last 10 minutes. He, he, he really seems to have stepped up at, at a level the last couple of weeks. Brad Clavering did huge minutes considering his, it's only his yeah, he, game. he was one of the main reasons why we got back into the game late on because, and, and again, that's down to the clever use of interchanges. Um, you know, when things weren't quite going the Bears' way, when it looked like all was lost at one point, the coaching team uh, might have been tempted to put Brad on a bit earlier, but they timed it just perfectly. He came on when they were starting to tire a bit and he caused havoc, absolute havoc. And, you know, that, that it's so different to years gone by, I think, when... The Bears had to replace their props because they were both knackered. This year, we're bringing on players fresh because we know they'll make an impact. So they're impact subs, not just to give someone a breather. And it's really, um, it's really good to see when a player comes on and, and makes a big impact in in the time that they're on the pitch. And uh, you know, Brad was superb throughout, but yeah, he made a huge difference in that last uh, twenty minutes or so. And on the on the flip side of of having somebody coming on who's fresh, you've got Chris Cullimore who who did the full eighty, and yeah. and you know he never let that tempo drop, did he? And and he was also crucial in particularly in pulling yeah. the strings in that last ten minutes. I mean, you know, we we looked at the lineup before the game and thought, oh, I wonder whether you know it, 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 we'd seen a lot of good stuff from Elliot Windy the last couple of couple of games and seen how much pace he'd been able to inject in his. Um, appearances on the pitch, wondering whether it might be might be a little risky having having Curly Moore as the only recognised hooker there. But he played an incredible shift, didn't he? Yeah, he was brilliant. He's brilliant every every week he plays. We missed him. Um, you know, I think he missed the last game, didn't he? We missed him then. But he's just incredible, and he links up so well with everyone else. And um, yeah, the effort he puts in the defensively as well. He's just a, an unbelievable player. And it's players like him uh, and the Wellham brothers and Dave Scott, you know, Brad Clavering and, and others who make a difference because they're experienced players. They're very, very good players. Uh, you know, they're as good as anything, anyone in League One. 
And that's where the, the calmness comes from. And obviously the preparation from the coaching team uh, and everyone else, getting everyone ready uh, and prepared and not panic, not hitting the panic button and throwing silly, silly passes away. You know, if you keep grinding teams, then they will tire. And, um, you know, I think we were, you and me commented in, in previous games, you know, if we can keep, hang on in there with 20 minutes to go, we'll give everyone, anyone a game because they'll start to tire and we'll be able to, if we can retain the tempo, um, you know, we, we'll, we'll make yards and we'll, we'll do, we'll score points. Yeah. And I think, I think we've got to, you know, we haven't explicitly mentioned the man who scored three of the Bears eight tries on the weekend, Jack Dawson. I mean, we, we have, We've said lots of positive things about him already this season. And, you know, a player who we signed from from Derby Elks um, before this season. Um, just just an incredible performance again. I mean, not just on Sunday, but what a season he is having, especially considering when you think how many positions he's played across the Bears team this season. Like he's turning into a bit of a John O'Shea, isn't he? He's going to end up having played everywhere by the, by the time the season's done. But he was superb, wasn't he? What a find he's been. He's just brilliant. What I love about him, and to be honest, not all players do this, but when he hits the ball, he hits at a pace, but he also has great angles on his running and he's got a step as well. So he just hits that ball at pace. A lovely flat pass from Dave Scott seems to find him every time and he's just running on an angle and and, and he's in. He's He's just a very, very good player. And considering the the level that he stepped up from as well, you know, it's no disrespect at all to to Midlands Rugby League. He's he's done exceptionally well to come into League One and 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 do that. He's quite he's quite sort of punk rock in many ways. Like a lot of the a lot of the sort of punk and hardcore bands I like to listen to, and stick with me on this. I'm getting it back to rugby league, but a lot of the a lot of the music I like to listen to is almost. It, it sort of sounds just on the verge of of falling apart, and it, it just manages to to just just toe the line and, and just be just be like blistering and 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 chaotic and, and crazy. And when I see Jack Dawson run, I often think he almost looks just like he's about to tip over and fall over. But like you say, he's hitting the ball with such pace and hitting at such lines and, and changing angles. Like he, he's got that. He's got that. Just, just managing to to not quite um, tumble over and let it all collapse. And yeah, he's been. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to see him powering through from second row, from centre. We've seen him on the wing as well. Like he is, he is our, he is our punk rock Midlands rugby league player, and he is, he is unbelievably brilliant. So, um, yeah, he's superb, and he's a real credit to Midlands rugby league and 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 the great job that teams in Midlands rugby league are doing. Um, you know, working t- all the teams working together is the only way to go. Um, you know, players in the Midlands League and, and other leagues, they need an opportunity, you know, a pathway that where they can see um, if I keep improving, you know, that's where I can go next. And then that'll open other opportunities for me um, because we need to funnel these players upwards. You know, the ones that like Jack Dawson, who who are capable of playing at a higher level. Because you funnel them guys upwards, then other players will follow follow through uh, behind them. So it's just a, a great story, and you know I think he's he's shooting out now, isn't he, for with Dave Scott for top try scorer. So it definitely is. Yeah, it's going to be quite some competition. It certainly is. Um, a quick word on Hunslet. Um, I mean that you know they can rightly feel 
feel a bit confused as to how they didn't win. They scored eight tries themselves. They scored 44 points. They they looked good in attack. They looked uh, as bad as we did in defence, if we're being honest. Um, they're, they're one of those teams that you just you just never know who's going to turn up. Do you? And there's quite a lot of them in League One this season. And it feels like we've closed the gap on them. Um on, on not just on Hunslet, but on, on those teams all around them. You know, we're only one win away from matching a bunch of teams' records now. I mean, what did you make of, of their showing on Sunday? Aside from their brown kit, which is hideous, um, with with greatest respect, even if they were doing, perhaps thinking it might be a, a, some sort of homage to the Coventry City brown kit, the 70s. Not a good look. But but what did you make of Hunslet? They, they were a, like trying to be as... as neutral as possible looking at the two teams that they were a frustrating team to watch on Sunday weren't they yeah on the kit I'm not going to men- mention who's number one but probably the second worst kit in rugby league I'll let everyone <laughs> else decide who who's the worst <laughs> <laughs> but anyway no they were excellent at times actually they played really well at times on Sunday um and defensively they weren't actually too bad they did seem to tire in the last 20 um on the goal line um, not quite sure what was going on on the goal line because they, um, the Bears may the Bears are very good on attacking the goal line, but Hunslet really uh, struggled to cope with Bears in close, um, and that's where a lot of our tries came from, where we burrowed over or, you know, managed to wriggle free and score. So, um, I guess I can understand their fans being frustrated because they showed glimpses of what they're capable of. Um, and they could well go on a great run now and 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 be in the playoffs or challenging at the top. Um, I could see them beating any other team in the league. Um, I was particularly impressed with with some of their kicking and and everything else. Um, their left winger Alex Brown looked a phenomenal player, um, and he scored a, a really really lovely try as well, where the pass sort of went behind him and he he reached out one handed and plucked the ball out and then scored. Uh, and he scored a great diving, diving, diving try in the corner as well. So, um, you know, and they had a fair number of fans with them as well. Um, and um, yeah, they, I, I think they'll be there or thereabouts towards the end of the season. But they've had a bit of an up and down season, haven't they? I think they've won four, uh, lost four, and drawn one. So, um, they they are, I guess, the sort of team that the Bears need to aspire to finish above if we want to be in the playoffs definitely definitely and you uh you, you mentioned earlier our small band of loyal fans and for anybody who uh who hasn't been hasn't been keeping an eye on what's been said online that that line um was was used on hunslet's uh match report to describe the bears fans and uh, you know taken on face value i think that's probably a, a, an accurate description but i don't know some people have have taken taken it to be a little a little salty a little a little bit of a, a pop perhaps but um i think let, let's let's not worry too much about getting into that we we can we can own that as a as a, a marker of these bears fans yes a small band of loyal fans but as you said made an incredible difference particularly in those last 10 minutes and uh, you know the guys have talked about it in their interviews with us on this podcast this season as well since the fans have come back into the butts when the fans get behind the team they really do make a difference, don't they? So regardless of how big or small a gathering there is of Bears fans, you know, they they really can change things, can't they? Yeah, and, you know, we 
we're still coping with getting fans back in the stadium after lockdown and trying to get the same numbers that we had before. But there is a loyal core of fans um, that turn up for every home game, support the team no matter what, have watched, let's face it, lots of years of um, challenging results at times with some excellent performances along the way. And that's what makes this all the sweeter. Um, and the team do support, the fans do support the team through thick and thin, win, lose or draw. We're there every week. We'll support them. We'll cheer them on. We'll encourage the players. And you don't get that level of connection at some grounds. I've been to a lot of rugby league grounds and fans are will turn very quickly on their own team if things aren't going their way. The Bears fans will always support them, no matter what. Um you know, and that makes a difference. That helps with results like this at the weekend. It helps swing momentum the Bears' way when things are going well. Um, but it also encourages the Bears to punch above their weight when things aren't going well. And, you know, we we do punch above our weight in comparison to the resources that we've got uh, in, you know, compared to other teams in League One. And, um, you know, long may it continue. We, we're, we're an outpost in rugby league terms, you know, we're outside the heartlands. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good community clubs around us, but, uh, you know, we're fighting the fight and we'll keep going and we'll be here for a, for a, for a while yet. So I think teams are going to have to get used to coming to down to Coventry and, and having a hard game. Definitely. Definitely. And talking, uh, talking outposts, um, from a from a rugby league outpost to a, a geographical outpost, uh, Bears are off to Workington this weekend, which is which is you know Workington's just a long way away from just about anywhere that isn't Barrow. Um, always a tough trip, and I don't think Sunday's going to be any different because Workington have, have really been in good form, and I, I think actually keeping an eye on what Workington have done since they're at the butts a few weeks ago has has put into context again just how how good a showing the Bears did put in for, for large chunks of that game. We did give them a decent game, but ultimately I think we were outgunned. Obviously we've got a huge wave of momentum to ride going into this one. Um, what do you think we can expect from the Bears as they go to Workington this weekend? I think the players will be on a high. They'll be confident. Um, we've shown we can score against anyone and score lots of points. We will have to tighten up defensively though if we want to have a chance against a team like Workington. Um, Workington defended brilliantly against the Bears. Um, you know, we did put them under a lot of pressure at times and, and we tested their defence on numerous occasions and they held firm. You know, we did score against them and, and they haven't conceded many points this season. So um, we'll give it a good go. I think the uh, the players will be up for it. And, um, you know, if Workington aren't on it, if they're not on it playing 100%, then, then the Bears will punish them without a doubt. Um, it's, a, it's always a tough game because it's such a long trip and then um, you know you're up against uh, a good team and very again I think Workington are, uh, are our club who's who have a good connection with with their fans as well um, you know they get good home support same with Barrow um, you know the Cumbrian team's def fans definitely get behind their teams so It'll be a tough old game, but I have every confidence that we can go there and do that and and, and give them a good game. Um, I think was what was it three years ago? I think we very nearly beat them. Um, so let's try and do let's let's try and do one better and beat them this time. Yes, definitely, definitely so. And as we've seen from last weekend, um, 
even even a seemingly insurmountable points difference with not long left is uh, is no deterrent from this Bears team. So uh, yes, fascinated to see how they get on. So I think we will leave it there this week. Don't forget to go over to CoventryBears.com and get your tickets for the Keithley game on Friday the 16th of July, 8pm kickoff at the Butts. Um, you don't want to miss the drama that is being served up um, on a rugby league field in Coventry this season. And of course, it's your chance to watch not only some live sport under the lights, but also to become part of that small but loyal band of fans too. So um, we'll be back next week with all the gossip from the trip to Workington. Do join us for that. Otherwise, um, keep on enjoying Sunday's win as much as you can. Um, And Craig, thanks as ever and see you next week. Thanks, mate. Cheers.